and welcome to the Shiny New Object podcast. My name is Tom Ollerton and this is a podcast about the future of marketing. Every week I have the pleasure and the privilege of interviewing someone important, insightful or entertaining from the industry and this week is no different. I have Sanji Bose who is marketing director for Southeast Asia for Kellogg. I was introduced by Sanji by the team at the Future Conference. Uh, it's great to have you on the podcast. My pleasure, Tom. So for people who are listening to this podcast who don't know who you are and who are familiar with your work, could you please give us an introduction to who you are and how you do what you do? Sure. Uh, so again, once again, thanks, Tom, for getting me on the podcast. Uh, I work in the Kellogg company as marketing director for Southeast Asia, which is primarily the ASEAN countries. Uh, been with the organization for uh, a little more than seven years. Uh, it's been a wonderful ride. I've been all along in the marketing uh, function for Kellogg's. Prior to that, I used to work for an organization called uh, GlaxoSmithKline Consumer Healthcare and uh, spent an equal amount of time there. So it's been a great journey working in, in two of this uh, wonderful organization, uh, working across sales and marketing. And finally, I have the privilege of uh, leading the marketing team in Southeast Asia for Kellogg Company. Apart from marketing, uh, I my interest lies in uh, you know watching movies across the world and running over the weekend. And off late, I ran a few marathons. Last one being the Singapore uh, full marathon. So those are the things that sums up me as an individual. Well, I think it's a little early in the podcast to be showing off about your incredible physical prowess, but I had no idea about that. Congratulations. So let's go into the getting to know you questions. So in terms of your successful career, what have been the best investments of your time, your energy or your money? Um. Success or not, I would say I'm, I think I'm lucky to uh, have come the journey that I have. But if I look at really the best investment in time and energy that I would have spent across all along my career, I would say the time and effort that I spent in understanding the consumers and shoppers uh, through the multiple in-home visits, the immersions and the trade visits. I really get my energy when I am out in the market, when meeting consumers and shoppers. And at the same time, also meeting our uh, business partners, which is distributors and retailers. These human uh, interactions really energize me, but at the same time, they also provide me with a lot of, lot of learning. Uh, and, and I've been, I think, because of my grooming in the, in the earlier organization, I think the initial days as an intern or a management trainee, it was all about being in the market, gathering the knowledge and understanding why does the consumer prefer a brand? Uh, you know, what factors matter at the shop floor, be it from a, log from a logistics or an operations point of view, or for the shopper, why are they choosing a certain product over other? So I think those are the ones that have really, really helped me, uh, you know, shape my belief, my understanding, and my knowledge. And, I, and actually, I actually think that those are my guiding forces and uh, when I make certain decisions today. You know, today when I sit down here and I think sometimes it's not always possible to really be out in the market with the same frequency that I would have done as an intern or a management trainee. But uh, I really feel 
those are the interactions that provide me you know real deep insights about con about consumers and shoppers that really help me guide a lot of business decisions that we make today and most importantly i think more than that is meeting with the with our business partners because they are really closest to the reality they give you the insights that are very sharp and that are very actionable having said that i think in today's world it is also very important to also take uh, advantage of the newer technologies like ai but i think it also needs to be married with those in with those uh, interpersonal relations and interpersonal connections so all i can say is currently this visits help me uh, stay close to my ground realities but i think the cumulative amount of time that i would have spent with consumers across asia and africa um, actually uh, is i believe a lifelong investment uh, you know for me as a marketer and for a business professional so in all of those different interactions with consumers as as shoppers or your business partners can you think of the most shocking or surprising interaction that you had with someone that you weren't expecting that's a very good question tom uh, i think this was about a decade back and i was actually uh, in one of the consumer visits in india uh, for a certain uh, you know it was not really a product related it was more consumer understanding and a consumer ethnography and uh, i got a amazing insight about what does health mean for uh, consumers and when i was probing and trying to understand about what does he look for from a you know forward looking health benefit uh, he actually brought me down and said for me the biggest uh, health benefit is when i find food in a package uh, in in a great packaging so it took me by a shock and i was like for me that because for me as a consumer it for a, as an individual it was basic but for him because he was moving from a lower socioeconomic strata to was just about entering middle class for him it was a journey from uh, unsafe unhygienic food to getting access to a packaged food for whom for whom uh, or him it was very healthy it was very suddenly the entire understanding of health food changed for me uh, that and actually that was again became a very guiding uh, principle for me you know just not to assume things and to really go and meet consumers at multiple levels to understand what do they mean when they are looking for health when they are looking for hygiene how do those factors matter as you go across a socio economic strata and based on the people's realities it 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 was quite eye opening but at the same time i would say it was very humbling as a human being to understand how privileged most of us are so if you were going to give advice to someone who worked at a brand on how best to meet consumers in in the kind of shopping environment or meeting business partners how how would you best advise them to to do that in a way that they don't get biased or influenced data from them i would say uh when you meet any one of these people meet them as your dear friend when you meet a friend of yours you are not biased you go there with an open heart to listen uh you generally go there to with a very with not an agenda but really to meet up with someone and try to bond and connect and i think that would be my advice it's a very human relationship is when because i think the other person also understands when you're talking to him as an individual as a human being or you're talking with a motive to gain something 
So I think the insights come out of the out of the conversation, but they don't come out of a questionnaire per se. I don't know if that was very clear, Tom. Yeah, that was really clear. Thank you. So in the last five years or so, which new belief or behavior has improved the quality of your work life? Uh, that's a great question, Tom, uh, because it also talks about, uh, I would say, a bit of my journey as you, as we all go through as a career, and you know, you try to cross those, uh, you know, five, ten, fifteen milestones. And I think uh, one of the things that stood out for me, and I don't know exactly five years or so, but I think over the last uh, few stints of mine, is, and it, it actually goes back to the last question that you asked, is understanding people first to succeed in business and in life. I think, uh, be it our consumers, our customers, business partners, in fact, even our teams whom we lead or, or whom we are a part of, I think we're all people first before we put a tag on them as, hey, this is a shopper, this is a consumer. And I think it's very important to understand the time, their aspiration, their difficulties, their beliefs, their values, their cultures, and what, makes them happy if you really want to uh, you know really go to the core of developing a relationship through which you succeed so and i think this understanding comes from multiple data points but you also need to look at them with empathy so i think it's very relevant in today's time as we are having access to multiple data points and data lakes through which we can and technologies which is helping us to unearth those insights I think one of the things that we need to do is we need to look beyond algorithm. We need to look with empathy. And that is the fundamental thing about putting, about having people first. So when I look at that, I think that helps me marry. So when I look at those data that comes out of a lot of you know secondary researches or from the analytical tools that we have today, somewhere I bring the human being into the into the table and say if i'm a human being and if i try to understand as, as people first how will i make sense of this data and therefore that helps me understand the consumer choices at different levels of acc as i just said or how to drive engagement in my team uh, which can therefore be a, a great marketing team that develops great marketing communication or when i out in the with my business partners uh, talking about next year's plans and, and striking a deal, it also helps me understand them first as a people first. So the fundamental thing is reacting with empathy, is dealing people with empathy is very, very important. And I think that is one of my biggest uh, belief that I would have formed in the last five years that have helped me evolve as a marketeer, but most importantly, as a human being. So, I find this quite a difficult topic in some regards because in my entire career, often people have said, you should put the consumer at the heart of your marketing. And I think you go a step further and say, you should be truly empathetic. However, two things. The first thing is even the brands who do this really well still have to measure the performance of that brand. And the, the measurements we use to track performance don't really track the subtleties of something as complex as empathy. So how do you deal with the gulf between wanting to empathize 
and understand and put your consumer at the center of everything you do or your uh, or your team or your suppliers or the people you do deals with and how and how do you cross the gap between that yet the very numerical nature of the industry that requires a quite often a cost per something or a number of likes or amount of emails or views or view through rates so how, how do you deal with the gulf between the emotional complexity of, of this belief that i agree with and the reality of having to report performance that's a great argument tom and i think uh, the thing is when i say pe people first i'm not saying we disregard the performance matrices we disregard the 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 fundamental uh, purpose of our business which is delivering value but i think what i say is as we we need to track our performance we need to track but before that i think when we are developing our campaigns when we are developing our products are we looking at people as people first and understanding their their aspirations their values their needs is where the starting point is so i think it's a little beyond so it is before measurement it is almost at the design stage is when you are designing with empathy in mind and then obviously once you design that uh, the performance matrices will be done analytically you cannot uh, you know put empathy you know you cannot be sympathetic towards uh, that but i think it's empathy at the design stage when you're designing a product or a campaign is when you're putting people first so moving on so whenever i do this podcast i always set out the questions beforehand and, and let the guests choose and you've chosen a question that almost no one has ever chosen before which is what are the bad recommendations that you hear in your profession uh the reason i chose this one was this is i think uh uh one of the things and and, and let me give a, i i think uh be it our our lot of partners with whom we work or most of the times you would come when someone makes a presentation a key thing that would say is uh hey this is what your competition is doing right and i think we have an obsession with what's happening with competition be it promotions be it packaging be it uh, you know uh communication or be tools they're using so i think it's very important to be aware about what's the competitive scenario uh, but i think it's also very important to look at the bigger picture of what is driving consumer choices and adoption right and then we need to therefore make what is good for us as a business or what is good for my brand depending on its core equity so what i typically uh, i would say always do not find is very intelligent is uh, a blind obsession with let's follow what's going on in the in in the category and because i think sometimes that ends us taking us to the path of theodore levitt's uh, famous marketing myopia which is you tend to look at what's going on what's going on with the bigger picture of what's happening what consumer change is happening so i mean an automobile company needs to understand are we in the business of transportation are we in the business of making cars i think if you start looking at business of look in the cars you'd say okay my car is this that car is that this is this but if someone is in the business of transportation they would look at a bigger picture and say hey how are people today making choices of moving from one location to another so and i think that's where i was heading to with uh, when i said the bad recommendations i feel is an obsession about 
following what's happening in the category, whereas not taking a bigger picture of the changes that's happening uh, in the in the total ecosystem, which is uh, uh, resulting in uh, consumers making different choices, which sometimes catches us by surprise. So I agree, and, and this is something we say a lot to our clients, is to avoid best practice, because my view is that best practice is also known as copying, and if everyone's copying each other, then no one's marketing. But as much as I agree with you in that, how would you advise a person who's at the start of their career? Because the reflex of the person who is new is to take inspiration and advice from their peers. Whereas you're saying, which I think is fascinating, is to think, right, okay, don't, you know, um, don't think about just what's in front of you or just around you, what's the bigger picture? Where's the market going? Where's the consumer going? Where's technology going? But those kind of intellectual leaps might be straightforward for someone with your experience, but how would you encourage someone who is uh, new to the industry to practically apply that kind of thinking? On the contrary, Tom, I've actually found uh, most of the intelligent uh, leaps have come from the fresh minds in the business. Because what I see is they're not clouded with the thought of best practices, which many people who have been in the, in the same category for a long time are subjected to. So, uh, but at the same time, if you ask me, I think my, my uh, humble uh, opinion or suggestion would be to go back to the fundamental business of understanding if I work in a product category, what does that try to, or I work in a service, what does that try to solve for the consumer? So is it giving them, uh, going back to the car, a better car with better technology, or is it trying to solve the problem of transportation from them? And which fundamentally leads back to, so similarly, if someone is looking at uh, uh, connectivity, so the question is, are they looking at uh, you know, a better phone or are they looking at better ways of communicating? So the key fundamental thing would be to go back to the consumer and understand what's the bigger business in which the brand or the company is, and then look at what are the uh, wider aperture of uh, options that are available for the consumers to take that, uh, to make a choice and to make solve that problem for himself or herself. Well, and thank you for pulling out that comment to the contrary. Yes, you're absolutely right. You, that is also the, the nature of someone who's new to a, a situation is they, they're not bogged down with the, the traditional arguments. So thanks for calling me out on that one. So what is the most useful thing you've bought with your own money that you use for work? So not something you expensed or you know got as a freebie, but you've actually spent your own cash on that has transformed the way you work? Um, it's not really very really high tech, but, and uh, I think one thing that has really helped me over the last, uh, I, I would say about a five years is my iPad. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's a very simple device, but you know, where it helps me is because in our work, right, we today, first and foremost, as human beings today, we are, bombarded with information from multiple sources. So therefore it's important for us to, first of all, figure out where we're gonna get the information that will really help us and also store it in a way that's very efficient and helps us. So I think as 
marketers and and as a marketer who needs to be close to what's going on around the world so i i think we need to read a lot and i try to spend as much time as possible reading uh, the magazines and the books and the news feed on multiple uh, you know medium on uh, that are available digitally to understand what's going on around and to be abreast with things that are happening in the economy in the business world as well as in the marketing world so therefore i think the ipad is like my partner wherever i am be in office be at home or i'm traveling and uh, and and it really helps me you know keep up with my learning journey and obviously you know now with the things like pencil etc it's so very easy it it helps uh, people like us who have been in the who have in the world of pen and pencil to even write but at the same time you know there are those you know times when you need to let yourself down and it with all the streaming services today it also works as a brilliant entertainment device <laughs> so so for for now ignoring the streaming services what are the apps or functionality of your ipad that helps you do your job better i would say maxter it has uh, some it has a good collection of the magazines that you want to read then obviously there are your regulars like economist etc whose apps are like my go to on a day to day basis also fast company i think it's a magazine that uh, brings around the best of the innovation that's happening in the consumer world uh, and apart from that then there are apps like notability great for taking notes when you want to with capturing pictures etc uh, so it's i would say these are the apps and obviously outlook right okay interesting um all right so last getting to know you question once again a question that people don't want to go very near but you've gone for it so i respect that massively how do you want people to remember your career hmm it's it's a great question but let me before i start one uh, disclaimer <laughs> okay i i think i've just got started so there is a a, a big journey still ahead so i i personally still uh, think i'm just started and there's a long journey to go uh and i think what i would say is on the journey that i want to go is and and that's a target for myself so and i link it back to my belief of people first so i think i've realized that you know someone in 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 the distance that i traveled today and as as i look forward to the distance that i need to travel as a professional a lot of what i am today is due to the invaluable learnings that i've got from the people that i've worked with as who have been my managers or my teammates or mentors that i've had along the way and therefore it is important that for me that i create an impact with the people that i work with and so be it in terms of the interaction that i have or in terms of the work that we do we i really create a positive impact in their lives uh, with which they uh, you know and and that really going back to that fundamental connection of as a human being so that's very important i think the second thing is uh, i've been very fortunate that i worked with two great organization who was so value driven that is almost uh, kind of shaped my uh, you know beliefs and values as a human being and and that's because their fundamental business is in doing things that are that help people lead a healthy life and, and lead a better life so i think that's something that i would like to be that follow for the rest of my career in working for for business that uh, do good by doing good and 
which I want to keep doing throughout the rest of my life, irrespective of the designation of the roles. I really want to be involved in businesses that are fundamentally believe in uh, doing, uh, you know, is by driving great value by doing good for the world and, and for the people. I think that leads us nicely onto your shiny new object. So we had a chat about this the other day and your shiny new object is food tech advancement. So I think I know what that is, but for listeners who don't understand what that is, could you just give us a brief introduction to that shiny new object? Sure. Um, I think, uh, Tom, I mean, I really feel excited that I'm part of an industry which is uh, at a time where is undergoing a host of innovations and developments uh, that are really going, that are really reshaping uh, the overall uh, food ecosystem. So I would uh, like to, first of all, you know, mention that this is, some, this is not one thing, but I think there are multiple advancements that are happening, which we can uh, club as food tech. Uh, so let me start by saying that what are these uh, developments that I'm talking about? I think first and foremost, I mean, you are you work with a platform that's again works on this newest technologies. But I think when I look at this newest technologies like AI and machine learning platforms that are coming up today, it's actually helping us understand consumer choices at a rapid speed, and in micro segments, which are helping us customize solutions uh, and food solutions that really help on this, you know, cater to smaller needs of people. Now that can be like, we all know today, there are people who have certain uh, issues which are coming up, which, you know, maybe a lot of years back were not uh, so much into, into the news, like a gluten, like a lactose intolerance, and there are a lot of other such issues. Uh, and then these are these micro segments. So earlier it was not possible to understand who are these people, where are they, how, you know, what are the choices, etc. I think today with the help of AI and ML platforms, we're today able to figure out these micro segments, their needs, their, their, their requirements, and then further with the advancement in food tech, we're able to come up with solutions that can talk to them. At the same time, if you look at from a product point of view, I think food science is also making a lot of progresses where we are able to uh, take away the not so useful ingredients and yet deliver the same taste and uh, and preferences of the consumers in a in a great way so i think that is a phenomenal phenomenal way and it's it's a continuous journey it's not that it's a stopping it's not that it didn't happen but i think today we are seeing much more rapid changes that are happening uh, and people are able to therefore offer of things like meat alternatives which is a great thing for people who have a certain uh, you know preference uh, and again uh, you know the advancements on food technologies enabling them to do that similarly when you talk food and specifically packaged food what comes along with it is packaging and with all the developments that are happening today in looking at sustainable solutions that are uh, good for the environment is again an integral part of food tech so if you really look at it what i was trying to up is there are data platforms that are helping you understand uh, consumer choices at a much more micro level. Then there are food technologies that are helping solve those problems by coming up with alternatives that are good for the consumers, but at the same time, good for the planet. So I think those are things that you know really excite me uh, as a as a person who works in the food industry and the impact that we can create by 
offering those solutions to the consumers and helping them lead a better life that really gets me excited and and that's what uh, i like to keep abreast on we try to do a little bit in our work where we do we try to uh, uh, marry that and provide better solutions but that's something that's very close to my heart and keeps me very excited so as i understand what you just said is that food tech kind of broadly covers three areas which is consumer choices around individual requirements, uh, allergies and so on, uh, the, the replacing of less healthy ingredients for more healthy ingredients without sacrificing uh, experience or taste, and then finally packaging. So that's so interesting to see it broken down into those three areas, but which of those is the most important? Which of those is going to deliver the, the, the largest benefit for the consumer and the environment? Um. And this is not a diplomatic answer, but I actually think there is a lot more in, in the food tech than what I just mentioned. I just gave you three examples. I'm sure there are people around the world who are looking, who are working towards uh, much bigger problems and solutions. So uh, I think all the sum of all this is going to make the difference because without the technology, you're not going to able to really... Uh, so even at a data level, right, you need to understand where are the consumers because ultimately I think the the benefit that today the data provides us is is able to figure out where those consumers are and how to provide to them uh, which is we which in one way we call mass customization but i think uh, and then the food technology is required to uh, to deliver the product as per those requirements and finally we need to have packaging that is sustainable i mean we do not have a planet b as it is always said and so what you're very close to food technology. So what are the things that are coming up in a kind of 18-month horizon that potentially a lot of the people who listen to this podcast haven't been exposed to? What kinds of things are we, are we going to be seeing from the industry as a whole? I'm not pressing into Kellogg specifically, but you know, what, what kinds of things are we going to see? I mean, certainly in the UK, we've seen the arrival of lab-grown meat. I mean, it's certainly not mainstream yet, but you're starting to see it up in you know various restaurants certainly uh, and also as being advertised as a as a sustainable alternative to meat so are we going to see loads of that or are we could start to see different changes in in food science uh, i think you mentioned a lot of it tom i think the key thing is uh, you know food is very personal food is very local so there will be a lot of things that we're going to see around the world. But I think at a broad level, what I see is uh, plant uh, energy or energy sources coming from plant foods as one of the big things. And uh, I'm fortunate I work for a great company that uh, has been a pioneer in that. So moving forward to your talk at Future, uh, I'm not sure what, what day you're on, but as you said at the start, we're at the 16th or 17th of October. What are you going to be talking about at the conference? Can you give us a little sneak peek into that? Um, I'm a part of the panel that will be discussing how to revitalize legacy brands. Uh, so brands which have been uh, around for a long time, how can we um, keep them relevant with all the changes that are happening around us and uh, still uh, making them the same love bands that they always were right so what 
if anyone who's listening to this podcast would like to go and, and see that panel, I, you need to go to future.today. So that's not as you say, it's spelled F-U-T-R dot today, T-O-D-A-Y. And you can see Sanji Bose as well as, I think, hopefully, another four or five other speakers from this podcast, but I will keep the listener updated with that information. So, Sanjeev, thank you so much. That was so interesting to, to hear about your passion for food tech, but also what shapes you as a marketer, uh, what drives you at a intellectual and kind of uh, on a almost daily basis, and, and the fact that you love your iPad as well, which is a, a, something that wasn't expected. So lots of unexpected moments in that podcast. Thank you so much. Uh, if someone wanted to get in touch with you directly, how would you like them to do that? Um, I have my profile on LinkedIn, which is public. So more than happy to talk to anyone on that platform. Brilliant. Okay. Well, look, thanks again for dialing in. I, th I think it's pretty late at night for you, isn't it? Yeah, but uh, it's not too late to take a call from you, Tom. <laughs> That's very kind. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Tom. It was a pleasure, pleasure talking to you. Thank you.